Hi, I'm Trevor. And I'm Laura. We're married, and we like to do a lot of different things together. But what got us together initially was that we love to eat and we like to drink. And we love to learn how our favorite foods and beverages came to be. In each episode of this podcast, we'll talk about something delicious and answer the question, Where did this come from? We're going. We're going. Uh, So I think we should start this episode off by talking about love for a second. Wow. Because. It took six whole episodes, but we we got into it. We finally got (laughs) into it. Not our love. I mean, the love of other people because so many folks that we know are actually getting married this month. Yeah. Um, And today in particular, my cousin, James, and Mm -hmm, his beautiful mm -hmm. wife, or almost wife, bride. At this point. Yeah, they they I think they might have tied the knot by now. Um, So they are getting married today. Uh, We have some friends that got married yesterday. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Doctor and Kaylin. Absolutely. Congratulations to you guys. Whose name is actually Matt. Matt. His name's not actually Doctor, but call him Doctor. Um, and Amelia and Adam, who are our neighbors, and we go way back with Amelia, um, they're also getting married this month, and I think everyone's weddings were severely affected by COVID. Oh my gosh, um, yeah. So they had to do a lot of replanning and rescheduling, and, you know, I'm sure at a certain point it was kind of like, all right, let's just, let's just do this. Um, so I think they're all having smaller celebrations, but... Yeah. It's just a wonderful thing. Yeah, no, it's a fantastic thing, and it's I'm I'm so glad everyone's still, still just getting 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 it on. That's not the right thing to say. <laughs> getting. Oh my gosh, I've got COVID brain at this point over here. I ruined that. <laughs> You're so glad that. What were you gonna say? <laughs> I'm so glad they're still going ahead with it. Is what I was trying to say. <laughs> yeah. But that came out as getting it on. Um, <laughs> Anyway, on that note, we're so happy for everybody who's getting married. We are. We're just really excited for you guys. So congrats, and marriage is great. You'll have a blast. On that note, should we we start the show? (laughs) Let's start. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Where Did This Come From?, the podcast where we talk about all things delicious and dive into their origin stories. I'm Trevor. And I'm Laura. And this week, I'm really excited, as I say every time I host. <laughs> we're always really excited. But we're talking about food. We're talking about food. We're talking I about know. drinks. We but get so excited about Specifically this week, we are talking about pizza. Yay. Delicious, delicious pizza. So we went from pie last week to a different kind of pie this week. So this is true. kind of did that back to back. I'd like to say on purpose, not at all the case, um, but really excited to get into pizza. I know everyone else, everyone's got a really specific feel like relationship with pizza yeah um, should we um for those who don't know should we describe what a pizza is yes of course <laughs> laura was laughing at me before this because i in my notes i have a description of pizza which i <laughs> we guess think is probably, we know what people it's probably <laughs> unnecessary but if you've never heard of pizza before pizza <laughs> is a baked pie of italian origin consisting of a shallow bread-like crust covered with seasoned tomato sauce cheese, and often other toppings such as sausage or olive. Hmm. Never it's weird that, that they chose sausage and olive as like the description of that. pizza. Uh, now the word pizza is believed to be from an old Italian word meaning a point, 
as in like mm. pointed, mm-hmm. um, which then kind of over time became the Italian word pizzicare, which means to pinch or to pluck. Ah, yeah. so you're like pinching off a point. Exactly. Of the pie. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Awesome. So now we're all on the same page as yeah, to so what pizza is. Yeah, so now we all know what pizza is. <laughs> we can proceed. The, uh, the actual word pizza was was first documented in the year 997 AD uh, wow. in uh, in Italy, of course, and successively in different parts of central and south, south Italy, like kind of spread throughout the country as a word. Now, while pizza has been eaten for centuries in Italy, it really wasn't until after World War II when pizza became popular in America, and then actually also in Italy as well. So we're going to get into a little bit of that today. Huh. So it wasn't popular in Italy until it was after World War II? Not also? widespread popularity hmm, in Italy. It was very regional oh, okay. um, at the time. So going... Yeah, it's kind of crazy because most families around the world probably eat pizza as a meal for dinner at least once a month, and that's probably... You're actually not that far off, and I have some numbers to support oh, that really? later on the show. Yeah, and it's it's actually like a surprising number of people. Um, but going way back, as most of our shows do, <laughs> flatbreads that had toppings have been consumed by people since the Egyptians, Romans, and Greeks. So long, long, long time ago. Um, without the word pizza, of course, for a long time before. Yeah. Now, at the height of the Persian Empire in the 6th century BC, it's said that the soldiers of Darius the Great who were accustomed to these really long military marches, would bake a kind of um, flatbread on their shields. Oh. Like use it as like a cooking surface. That's cool. Uh, and would it cover doubles it. as a baking sheet. I know, right? Uh, and they would cover it with cheese and dates. Hmm, that sounds good. It does sound really good, actually. I'd just love to try just like a cheese date. Really a little good. sweet, a little salty. Yum. So kind of moving forward a little bit, not, not too much, a couple hundred years, uh, Marcus Porcius Cato, uh, who was also known as Cato the Elder, wrote the first history of the city of Rome and really the, the, you know, the empire of Rome, really. And he wrote about these flat, round doughs dressed with olive oil, herbs, and honey baked on stones, hot stones, Ooh, which sounds, sounds really good. Yeah, I mean, you're going to see a lot of stuff as we go through here. The way of pizza is made hasn't really changed for thousands of years. Right, it's just a tasty bread with like yummy stuff on it. Cooked on hot stone, basically. Yeah. yeah. So some of our earliest understandings of pizza comes from the excavations of Pompeii, actually. Hmm. So a book that was found there in the ruins contains recipes which involve putting a variety of ingredients on a base of bread. And the recipe uses, um, like the one that they found, uses chicken meat, pine kernels or pine nuts, hmm. uh, cheese, garlic, mint, pepper, and oil which all in their own right are ingredients of contemporary pizzas today. The recipe then concludes with the instruction, and this is in Latin, so I'm going to try to brush off my Latin from high school here. (laughs) In super niwe et inferis, which loosely translates to cool in the snow and serve. Interesting. Yeah, so you take it out of the ovens, cool it in the snow, so it's not burning lava hot. Mm -hmm. Ooh, bad joke about Pompeii there. Oh, oh, that was not intended. <laughs> oh, I know I usually whip out the bad jokes, but that was, that, uh, that might have that's been insensitive. too soon. <laughs> so in the ashes after Vesuvius erupted, uh, there was evidence found of flat flour cake that was baked and widely eaten at the time in Pompeii. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the nearby town of uh, Neapolis, which was a Greek colony that became Naples. Mm. Naples, Italy. Oh, okay. Very close to Pompeii. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, 
yeah, evidence was also found in Pompeii of shops that were complete with marble slabs and other tools that resembled what a modern day pizzeria right. actually would look like. Like Where pizza they could like roll out the dough. And roll out the dough, pull the pizza out of the oven, things like that. some stuff on top and eat it. Yeah, I would imagine. I don't know if they found evidence of that, but I think in the writing and the recipes, they, they had the, the proof. The proof was in the pizza there. Yeah. Moving ahead by a lot. Uh, in 1522, give or take, uh, tomatoes were brought back to Europe from the New World. Oh. And I have here that they originated in Peru. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's in the research I found several different places. Peru is where the origin of tomatoes at least came from that were brought back to, to Italy. I totally think of Europe, I guess. Maybe that's just a very Eurocentric View, I mean, our, yeah, I'm but, sure because of our ancestry lines coming from, from Europe. Right. We think well, a lot of think, things start there. Yeah, right. But tomatoes cool. were brought to Europe, uh, and originally they were thought to be poisonous, oh. which makes me wonder why they brought them back to begin with. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe they thought they found some like secret weapon they could use. Maybe. I mean, you can do that. Uh, you can chuck a tomato. But later, the, the, the poorer people of Naples added these new tomatoes to their yeast dough. Uh, and created the first simple pizza as we know it today. Hmm. By the 17th century, so, you know, not too much later, 100 years later, um, pizza had achieved a local popularity in Naples Hmm. um, amongst people who lived there and visitors who would venture into the poorer sections of the town to taste what was essentially a peasant dish uh, made by men who were called pizzaioli. Pizzaioli. This um, is, like, reminiscent of the taco episode actually it is the chili queens yeah i mean i think you're we're gonna see a a familiar thread through a lot of these episodes where so many of these foods we're going into were created out of necessity by kind of the poor working classes as a way to feed themselves right and they evolve into sort of more mainstream their uh, their crossover hits <laughs> their crossover hits <laughs> So Naples in the in the 1700s was a thriving waterfront city, which it still is today. But um, it was also technically an independent kingdom at the time. Uh, Italy was made up of a bunch of independent kingdoms at that point, and it was notorious for its throngs of working poor. And the poor were called lazzaroni because um, they actually got this name because of their resemblance to the beggar Lazarus from the Bible, who Jesus oh. raised from the dead, who was like really disheveled and had mm. been dead for. Four days, I think. So naturally, right. he didn't look fantastic. So the right. people of Naples... Oh, gosh. That's such a mean... <laughs> yeah, the Lazzaroni. Lazzaroni. Like um, so according to Carol Helatoski, who is the author of Pizza, A Global History, and also an associate professor at the University of Denver, uh, or at least was at the time of the, the research that I found, uh, the closer you got to the bay, the more dense their population, and much of their living was done outdoors, sometimes in homes that were little more than one room. So you just have this like collection of hovels the closer wow. you get to the, the Naples Bay. And it's hot. It gets hot in Naples. Right. So it's very crowded. Lots of people around. Yeah. It's hot. And the city, like the population exploded and it was fueled by overseas trade as a port city that's not uncommon. So it had a steady influx of peasants from the countryside coming to the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, to so do business. Or yeah, exactly. Or to get jobs. Right. So its population ballooned from 200,000 in 1700 to 400,000 in 1748. So less than 50 years, 
the population of Italy, or I'm sorry, the population of Naples in Italy doubled. Wow. That's like not nearly enough time to build more space for right. a city. And it's, it's a fairly tiny city. It's not big. Right. Yeah, it's really not that big. So the Neapolitans required inexpensive food because most of them didn't have any money that could be you know, consumed quickly on the job. And pizza met this need pretty easily. So these early pizzas consumed by Naples as poor featured you know, tasty garnishes that today we still love, like tomatoes, cheese, oil, anchovies, because they were right on the sea, garlic, oh, of yeah. course, being Italy. Yep. And it wasn't sold in shops, but by street vendors who would carry these huge boxes under their arms. Um, and oh, then they'd be like a pizza box? Kind of like a pizza box. So pizza was always historically <laughs> served, so in served in a box, but <laughs> wow. it was less about getting like the closed box as your whole pie. You'd say like, all right, well, I'm, I'm this hungry or I have this much money. So they would be cutting the pizza and giving you what you could afford right. to get. So yeah, it was more of like, like a slice. yeah, it wasn't like you were getting the box. Now, since it was so closely associated with, you know, these really poor masses of Naples, um, pizzas were scorned and kind of shunned yeah. by food writers. Uh, they were f- they were frequently um, labeled as disgusting, and oh. like I know right by uh, by foreign visitors because they just saw you know really impoverished people right. eating this food. So in the early 1800s, Samuel Morse, who was the inventor of the telegraph, hence oh. Morse code, he described pizza as quote a, spe- uh, a species of the most nauseating cake covered over with slices of pomodoro or tomatoes hmm. and sprinkled with little fish and black pepper. And I know not what other ingredients. It altogether looks like a piece of bread that has been taken reeking out of the sewer. <laughs> Spano's was talking about pizza. I know. That's so sad. Well, I guess, you know, anywhere you are, if the environment around it is kind of like dirty and yeah. I'm sure people smelled not great. You had, um, a, yeah, you had like you the hot like, body BO and garlic on top of it. Right. So I'm sure seeing that from the outside, you know, the the environment surrounding it probably tainted the food itself. I can see that happening. Yeah. yeah. I can see that. But still, it's it's so funny to think of them talking right. about pizza. If only they way. could see pizza now. If only they could see Mr. it now. Mr. Morse. So when the first cookbooks started appearing later in the 19th century, they completely ignored pizza. And calzone, actually. So oh. it's funny. Calzone came up in Naples as well. Oh, okay. Around the same time. So Did it come from, like, them folding a pizza in half? It wasn't an accidental invention, <laughs> if wasn't. that's what you're asking. Okay. No. So the name calzone... Um, it came from a word, I think, calzoni is the actual word, and it translates roughly to trouser or pant leg, like a single pant leg. Oh, like you fill the pant leg. Well, it's actually because it was meant to be eaten on foot on the go. Okay. Because it's all concealed, can like contained in one little pouch, right. so it's more of like a traveling it's pizza was always like, like you put out and your about. pants on and you take your calzone and off you go. Yeah, kind of <laughs> as far as what I found. So um, came around the same time. Uh, pizza came first. I couldn't find a timeline for calzone, but also originated in Naples, Italy. So a couple decades later, 1889, this is the famous story of 1889 where King Umberto I and Queen Margarita grew mm-hmm. tired of their kind of like hot cuisine royalty French dishes. Yeah. And they were visiting Naples. They wanted a lowbrow kind of meal. They wanted something different, right? Yeah. So they hastily summoned someone to prepare some local specialties for the queen. So local pizzaiolo, Rafael Esposito, 
uh, cooked three types of pizza. One that had lard, cavallo, which is a type of sheep or cow's milk cheese and basil. That was mm-hmm. pizza number one. Another with, uh, I'm going to get this word wrong, but cicinelli, which is basically baby fish, like unmature anchovies, really. Mm. And the third pizza with tomatoes, fresh local mozzarella, mm. and basil. basil. Yum. So the queen was absolutely delighted. Mind was blown. Her favorite, of course, was the last of the three. Right. And as we all kind of see where this one's going, uh, <laughs> the pizza was christened Pizza Margarita in her honor. The other part of it, too, is people say that, and I don't know how much this plays into the the tale or or how true what I just said actually is and how or how many times it's been rehashed over the centuries but also the margarita pizza is the three colors of the flag of Italy the pomodoro for red the mozzarella white and of course the basil for green yeah Yeah. that's a nice little maybe coincidence or they did it on purpose it could be a little bit of both I'm not quite sure Um, but this signaled a really important shift for pizza, because of Margarita's seal of approval, it elevated the pizza from being a food just for the poor to being something that someone from the royal family could enjoy. Yeah. But it also transformed it into not just a local cuisine. Cuisine. It made become more of a national dish and it introduced the idea that pizza was more of an Italian food instead of like a just a Neapolitan food, wow. Italian food, kind of like, you know, pasta, polenta, those things right. became over time. So it's kind of funny that in this case, and again, reaching back to some of our previous episodes, the ice cream episodes, you know, the Medici family, even though ice cream was eaten by mostly elite folks, yeah, um, it took kind of one person of an elevated status yeah. to say, hey, this is delicious i'm gonna bring it to my peeps Mm -hmm. and we're gonna enjoy this and it sort of spread out from there sometimes it's all it takes yeah now even though margarita fell in love with pizza and it became a little bit less of a a poor person's food it was still really slow to move out of naples um but the initial spur was provided by migration global migration Mm. as people you know kind of decided to up and leave so immigrants coming to the United States from Naples, were trying to replicate their pizza from back home in New York and other American cities like Trenton, New Jersey, New Haven, Connecticut, mm-hmm. Boston, where we are, Chicago, St. Louis, and other cities as well. Now, the Neapolitans were coming for factory jobs, as like millions of other Europeans did right. in the Industrial Revolution and the early 20th century too. And they weren't really looking to make a, uh, you know, a culinary statement with, right, with they the just foods. wanted to like enjoy the food from their homeland. Yeah, they were just trying to get a little piece of home to kind of remember yeah. what's going on back home. But really soon, the the flavors and the aromas of these pizzas they were making began to intrigue the non-Neapolitans and even non-Italians as a whole. So in 1905... Well, yes, sorry, pause for one second, because the smell of a pizza in oh the oven, gosh. I mean, that. I could imagine like walking down the city street and you smell that for the first time in your entire life. You're like, what is this? I must eat it. <laughs> Minds were blown. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Sorry, so, I interrupted no, you. No, no. Just interrupt to away. Talk about the smell interrupt of pizza. Away. <laughs> um, in 1905, the first pizzeria, Lombardi's, was opened in New York City. Oh. Officially the first licensed pizzeria in oh, New York okay. City. Is that disputed at all? Or? Not disputed at okay. all. It's literally, you could, it was. 
paperwork for it and everything. Wow. Uh, it's still in operation, but it's in a different location in Manhattan, and it closed for a little while there. Oh, okay. um, but it was revived by one of the family members and then oh, some okay. business partners as well. Yeah. I think it was revived in the mid-90s. Uh, it closed for about 10 years, but it was open almost pretty consistently for about 80 years. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. So at this point, you know, pizza was picking up a following in smaller local areas, both in Italy and in America, but it was still a pretty slow spread as far as the popularity of pizza goes. Now, this was really sped up, though, because of World War II. Hmm. So when Allied soldiers invaded Italy in 1943, 1944, they were so taken back by the pizza they encountered in the Campania region, which is where Naples is, uh, they asked for it wherever else they went hmm. in the country. So, But oh, not everyone made pizza in Italy. Right. So you'd go and to places so, like yeah. they would make them pizza, but they didn't have pizza ovens. Wow. So they'd get this kind of sloppy crap. Um, but they were so in love with it. Everywhere they went, they wanted it. So it was at this point after the war that regional kind of non-Neapolitan variations emerged for right, pizza. And right, you start getting yeah. this really regional style of pizza around the country. Now, of course, there's that classic Neapolitan style, which is wood fire oven, not thin crust, but, you know, spread. On the thinner side. Exactly, exactly. But like kind of a fluffy, bubbly yes, crust. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, mm-hmm. most famous in the U.S., is New York-style pizza. Yes. But there's several others as well. So New York-style, Chicago-style, Sicilian pizza, New Haven-style pizza, Greek pizza, California pizza, Detroit pizza, and St. Louis-style pizza. Interesting. Okay. I've only really, like... There's a lot acknowledged, more like maybe five of those on that and list. Some of these I have never heard of, and they sound really interesting and yeah. delicious. But starting with the most famous, of course, New York style, um, the most original to Naples, the most similar to Naples, because it started out as a way for Neapolitans in the states to try to replicate right. what they were Is doing. Is Neapolitan back home. always the brick oven where it gets a little charred? So yes, it's either a Wood or coal-fired oven. Right. So there's actually a, in 2009, I believe I was reading, there's actually a, I forgot to write down the name of the association, but in the European Union, there's an actual governing body that dictates whether you can call yourself Neapolitan pizza. Ah, okay. So it's very strict. Yeah, it is very strict. It's actually very much like we were talking about in Burgundy with French wine. Right. You have it's, to meet certain you have criteria, to, meet certain criteria. To, be able to call yourself Neapolitan pizza. Even in America, yeah. this governing body in the EU right. covers the world, basically. They don't want any old person claiming to have Neapolitan pizza exactly. and it not living up to the standards. Exactly. Makes it's sense. a way for them to preserve the true heritage. Mm. Now, it's, it's a double-edged sword, I think, because you could have really fantastic pizza that's done in the Neapolitan traditional style, but it might play around with toppings. And because of that, you're not, you're not able to call yourself a true Neapolitan style pizza. I, well, couldn't you say like Neapolitan based or, I think I you know. can, I think you could you probably can. wordsmith it. To, There's ways around it, but to it, get uh, the point across. I guess. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's limiting with, for, for a reason. 
Gotcha. To like again to maintain that heritage and that kind of traditional yeah that traditional style. Okay, so New York style pizza is yeah. closely based on Neapolitan. It's exactly it's based on the Neapolitan style, um, but some say that New York pizza, as good as it is, because it has something to do with the minerals as present in the New York City tap water, water. system. Yeah, right. I Which think they say the same so thing about specific. bagels. Exactly, anything that's baked in New York. Yeah, it's like um, that. Which is not, or it's actually, it, it's true. It, I mean, the same, yeah. The same phenomenon exists it's in special. beer, which we'll talk about in future episodes. Right. But certain beer tastes a certain way because of the water it's brewed with. Right. Because most of beer is water. So again, this huge component of this ingredient of pizza dough is the water you have on hand. Right. So, mm-hmm. I mean, New York style pizza is. It's so good. It's phenomenal. Oh my gosh. Phenomenal. Um, next up, Chicago style, okay. otherwise known as deep dish. Yep. So this was invented by, believe it or not, a Texan oh. named Ike Sewell, who wanted to have an original creation that was, believe it or not, from a Texan, bigger and more substantial <laughs> than traditional pies. Yeah, that, that fits. Now, this led to him creating this, this new pizza creation. This led to him opening his first restaurant in Chicago called Pizzeria Uno. Oh. So Pizzeria Uno is the originator of the deep dish Chicago oh. style pizza. Huh. That's interesting. It is. And it's good. I've never been to Chicago. I can't say that I've had a true I have deep dish had pizza. a true deep dish pizza. Um Which one it's, of my best friends went more to of school a outside of Chicago and it, it it is good. It's not really like eating pizza. It's kind of like eating a ball of cheese with sauce you had me at ball of cheese (laughs) yeah it um it's good but i feel like having it maybe like once or twice in my lifetime is i'm good with that well we still need to go to chicago i've never been there so we have to go we'll We'll sit down have it yeah no once once we can go and travel again we'll we'll do a food a food tour of the country yeah maybe the world if they'll let us in um, next up, Sicilian style pizza. Now this is kind of, uh, you know, baked more of an, a sheet pan. So it's right. rectangular square cut pizza. So it's served with or without cheese. Could be either one. Oh. And often the cheese is underneath the sauce to prevent the pie from becoming too soggy. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Now Sicilian pizza was brought to America in the, the 19th century by Sicilian immigrants, hence the name, and became popular in the U.S. post-World War II. Right. Well, it is very substantial because really you have is. that really thick. Crust. It's almost like focaccia. Yes, it's I was not focaccia. Say the same thing. Sicilian pizza lovers, I know it's not focaccia, but as a best way to kind of describe it, if you've never seen it or never had it, yeah, it's like a big square, family style pizza. Like mm-hmm. they're huge usually. Yeah. yeah, and the slices are like eight inches by eight inches. They're massive. Yeah. Next up, New Haven style pizza. I didn't realize New Haven style was different than New York style. It is different. And be careful because New Haven is I know. Haven I'm sure. We're going to like offend a lot of very, people well, I mean, we're not saying, we're not like talking shit on different kinds of pizza or anything like that. It's yeah. more like some of it we don't understand because we've never had it before. Um, but everyone's got their own pizza style and they're all going to be good and different in different ways. So New Haven style pizza, similar to the traditional Neapolitan style, also cooked in a coal-fired brick oven. New Haven style is more of a thinner crust. Hmm. pizza and it originated in the 1920s when frank pepe ah, yeah. yeah opened his first pizzeria on wooster street in new haven so pepe's pizza known for its charred crust not burnt 
charred crust in its own special lexicon for ordering. So there's a whole... Oh, really? There's a whole like, never been set there. of terminology for New Haven-style pizza. Kind of like cheesesteaks to Philadelphia, which we'll right. definitely touch on in a future episode. So, for example, Moots, M-O-O-T-Z, means mozzarella, which counts oh. as its own topping. Oh. And if you don't specify you want it on your pie, you will not get it. So would there be other kind of cheese on it? I believe it like be the no. normal like shredded cheese blend. Right. I think. Yeah, most of the Beccarelli family um, has frequented. I would, Im- I would imagine so. Hailing from Southern Connecticut. And I know they have a, like a clam and bacon pizza that's really, really good. Ooh, that supposedly. sounds fantastic. Moving along. Uh, <laughs> Greek style pizza, mm. not Greek toppings necessarily, but right. Greek style pizza, which is especially popular in the New England states. I was going to say that's my hometown of mm-hmm. Bedford, New Hampshire. Yeah, it's actually primarily all Greek pizza. It's most it's it kind of originated in Boston, um, oh, Boston area. So it's known for it's a thicker crust, not a Sicilian thick, but a thicker crust, and is cooked in shallow oiled pans, like a round, almost like a sheet pan, but a round sheet pan, mm-hmm. which results in almost like a deep fried bottom yeah can't say it's like my favorite i would eat it if it was in front of me i guess but you know my problem with it i wouldn't seek it out it's too perfectly round right and it it kind of i don't know i like to i like to have more than one piece usually Mm -hmm. or you know it's a little too doughy for you it's a little doughy so you get really full and so you can't really try multiple kinds of toppings that's fair i don't know that's fair Next up, California pizza. Also this I've as, never heard of. Also known as gourmet style pizza. Oh. So go figure. Is this just like unique known, toppings? Known, yep, known for its unusual ingredients. Unusual yeah. for pizza. Oh, so this okay. pizza got its start way back in the 70s um, when Chef Ed DeLau began experimenting with pizza recipes in, uh, in his classic Italian restaurant, Prego. Mm. So he created a pizza that had mustard, ricotta, pate, and red pepper. Oh, wow. And just like literally by chance... Wolfgang Puck ate it. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he was so impressed with the innovation that Puck invited him to be the head pizza chef at his restaurant. And it was there that DeLau came up with like, it was like, I think it said 250 plus unique pizza recipes. Oh, that's cool. That eventually formed the restaurant. California Pizza Kitchen. California Pizza Kitchen. (laughs) Yeah. Hence their wild, weird pizza. Yeah. Like a BLT pizza there once. Right. Yeah. Like barbecue chicken pizza. Mm -hmm. Which I love, by the way. I do too. Yeah. This one, the next two for me, I had never heard of. And this next one specifically, I'm very intrigued by. So Detroit pizza got its start because it was originally baked in square automotive pans, like automotive parts pans, like you'd see in a garage where you'd like put a dirty car part, like in these trays. Because I mean, Detroit being Detroit, obviously the auto center of America. So this happened in the 40s. Oh, so it's like a personal pan pizza. Kind of. I wouldn't say personal. Yeah. <laughs> but imagine it's like a, a, a nine by nine like brownie right. tin. Yeah, right? yeah. So it's topped with pepperoni and then brick cheese. Brick what's it? So brick cheese is quite literally a brick of cheese. Okay. That's a style of cheese made in Wisconsin. It's a very it's like a semi-soft cheese, okay. almost like a processed mozzarella. Mm. And then it's spread to the edges of the pan, like all around, and so which makes like a caramelized cheese perimeter, like a cheese crust. Hmm. And then sauce is spooned over the pizza, kind of like Chicago style, 
um, but it features a really thick, extra crispy crust. Interesting. Yeah, it's almost like a, and this is probably, Detroit people might get pissed at this, but the way I think about it is like a pizza lasagna almost. Oh, yeah. So it's like really crispy on the outside and then really airy on the inside right. of the crust. Hmm. That sounds, that sounds good. I want to try, try making it. it. It sounds delicious. I'd be into it. And then St. Louis style pizza. St. Louis for me, I think of barbecue. Right. I was going to say it's like barbecue <laughs> pizza or something. But it features a, a thin crust, like a cracker like crust huh. because it's made without yeast. Oh, so super, super thin. So due to the crispiness, St. Louis pizza is usually cut into three or four inch rectangles that are known as party or tavern cuts. I think because it's more of like a finger food. It's like an appetizer. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, believe it or not, like as far as like chronology goes, that's kind of where it stops. Like after World War II, pizza exploded across the country and, you know, you got pizza chains popping up. Domino's in the 60s, Pizza Hut. And that became like the norm as pizza delivery. It started mm-hmm. out, of course, as little places like Pepe's Pizza mm-hmm. um, and Lombardi's in New York. And then you start getting these big, massive chains. And that's really been the most innovation in pizza right? since the kind of 50s and 60s has been like this widespread network yeah. of like pizza delivery conglomerates. Huh. That's cool. I mean, I guess why change a good thing? Yeah. But there are a lot of one-off facts about yeah, pizza I that I did find. Um, and it was kind of hard to whittle them down just to several. I picked up probably a lot more than I should, but... Okay, well, we can cut some. But 36% of all pizza orders are pepperoni. Wow. 36% of all pizza orders are pepperoni. In fact, in America alone, we consume around 252 million pounds of pepperoni a year as a country. Oh my gosh, that sounds really unhealthy. (laughs) It's very unhealthy. Um, so yeah, because of that huge amount of pepperoni that we produce and eat in this country. I do like yummy pepperoni pizza. Mm, Yeah. Now the top five days for pizza sales in reverse order. So number five, New Year's Day. Number four, Thanksgiving Eve. Oh, yep. No one wants to cook. Yep. Number three, Halloween. Uh Uh-huh. Number two, New Year's Eve. And what do you think number one is? Um... I have no idea. <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, yeah. Pizza, pizza, pizza. I'm actually surprised that Thanksgiving Eve is the number one. Now, you mentioned earlier, like, every family has yeah, pizza. has a pizza night. 93% of Americans have eaten pizza in the last month. Yeah. 93%. I believe That's that. That's wild. That is wild. In fact... I mean, we have. Worldwide, about 3 billion pizzas are sold every year. That's a lot of pizza. That's a lot of pizza. What is it, like a third, a little less than a third of, or more than a third of like the world population? Was there 7 billion people on the planet or something like that? Yeah. Almost half, I guess. Almost half. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Uh, In the U.S., coming up soon, uh, in just a couple days' time, actually, as this episode is airing, October is U.S. National Pizza Month. Oh. We can celebrate that. We certainly will celebrate that. (laughs) So get your pizza on in October because it's your American duty to do so. (laughs) So there's actually a pizza museum in the United States uh, in Philadelphia, and we've been there. Yes. It's called Pizza Brain, uh, and it's home to the world's largest collection of pizza memorabilia. Yes, I remember. And And they did have delicious pizza. It's a fantastic pizza restaurant as well. So you order your pie, and then you like walk around and look at all the crazy cool pizza memorabilia. Yeah. So yeah, so that is a lot 
for pizza. Yeah. There's a lot more I didn't mention. Right. Kind of like other yeah, episodes. We could always go into right. pizza you know, We try to keep them to be under 40 minutes, though, for our listeners' sake. And um, for our sake for editing as well. Yeah. Now, as far as references for this, plenty of them. What's cookingamerica.net? History.com, historytoday.com, newyorkeater.com, pizzaneed.com, webstaurantstore.com, and ctvisit.com, like Connecticut. So ctvisit.com. Thank you for all of your lovely resources for this episode. Yes, this was a good one. It was fun to do. I'm not going to lie. It was really fun to read about all this pizza Uh, history. What would you say is your favorite Pizza topping. You were going to do that. I should have been prepared for this question. My favorite pizza topping. I'm torn. Okay. I'm torn. If it's meat, I'm going sausage. Yeah. Meat, I'm going sausage. Overall, caramelized onions because Mm. it really ties a lot of pizzas together. Yeah. Well, you can put caramelized onions in a lot of different pies. I feel like and it, sausage and caramelized onions together. Well, sausage, caramelized onion, and ricotta yeah. is my favorite pizza of all time. Yep. That's good. I don't I don't know what mine is either. I do like just a margarita, like plain margarita. Traditionalist. I, I, classic. I do like that classic. You're a classy lady. I, <laughs> that's me. Um, but I also like... So prosciutto and mushroom was oh, my go-to for a long time. Shout out to Anthony's. T. Anthony's on Comav. Any BU student has been there multiple times. Absolutely. And I kind of want to go back there and see if it was as good as I remember. I'm afraid it being to do good. it because if it's not, it's going to ruin a lot of my like fun 20 memories. year old brain like thought it was just the best pizza ever. Um, so I don't know if that would still hold up, but T. Anthony's prosciutto and mushroom. I do love auto pizza. Um, they mm-hmm. have they're based in Boston area or and Portland, Maine. Portland, actually. Maine. Actually, they yeah. started in Portland, Maine, and they they branched out. They have several locations in Boston area, um, and they have some unique flavors they as do. well. Really good stuff. Um, We're gonna need to wrap this up because I'm getting real hungry. <laughs> getting real, real <laughs> hungry talking about this. Every time we do this. Every single time. Which we like, should have figured. We should go eat this. We should figure this would have happened with all the food episodes. Yeah, I know. Thank you so much, as always, everyone, for listening to the show. We really, really appreciate it. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Also, you can follow us on Instagram. Yeah, at where did this come from underscore pod. So where did this come from pod on Instagram. Um, great way to catch up on, you know, episode news. Uh, you can check out our brand new weekly series, Wine Facts Wednesdays, where I flex my saw muscle a little bit here and there. And also, it's a really great way to, to suggest topics for future episodes to us for things you want us to explore um, that you're interested in. Yeah, I think pizza was actually um, brought to us uh, from, from one of you guys. One of our listeners. Not just one, several, but... <laughs> yeah. So stay well, everyone. Stay safe. And we'll see you next time on... Where, Where did this come, come from? from? <laughs> <laughs>